0: Welcome to the Top Business Leaders podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. This is Dan Janelle, your book coach, and I'm delighted to welcome Noah St. John to be our guest today. Noah has has written more than 15 books and is very well known in the self-development space. Noah, welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story?
1: Sure, Dan. Well, great to see you and uh, great to be here on the show. I'm always delighted to see you and see everything that you're doing, and uh, thanks again for having me today. Well, gosh, uh, as you said, I've been doing this a long time. I started in my college dorm room in 1997 with $800 to my name and a book on how to do HTML. So I've been doing this a long, long time, and um, you know it all started because I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. And I know that's a total cliche, but I grew up in a little town called Kennebunkport, Maine, but um, which is one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor, and I mean that literally. We lived at the bottom of a dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house that my parents ended up losing to foreclosure. So. From a very young age, I was painfully aware of the dichotomy between the haves and the have-nots. The haves was everyone else in the community, the have-nots was my family, and I just hated that life of poverty and fear and lack and not-enoughness, so I just vowed to have a better life, but I didn't know how to do it, so I did the only thing that I knew how to do, which was I went to the library and I started reading books. All the self-help classics, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, and... I really tried to apply them, but I just, I couldn't seem to make it work. And that's why at the age of 25, I decided to commit suicide. I uh, had to just, I was done. I was very frustrated. You know, anybody who's out there who knows that, you know, if you work really hard at something and you struggle and sacrifice and you don't have success, that's called frustration. If you work hard and sacrifice and have success, that's called you feel good about it. You're like, oh, I won. You know, that's triumph. Well, unfortunately, I only had the frustration, so decided to commit suicide at the very last minute my life was spared and uh I didn't know why and so I still didn't know why I was here on the earth but I did I made it a- Decision to devote the rest of my life to serving God and serving humanity while I was still here on the earth But I still didn't know why I was here So it took me another five years and then I went on a, a, like more of a spiritual journey of why you know Why we're here? what What's my purpose? And I started reading the deep spiritual thinkers Ernest Holmes and Marianne Williamson Louise Hay You know the spiritual thinkers of our time And then in 1997, I had two epiphanies that changed my life when I discovered, the first thing I discovered was uh, my teaching or method of affirmations, which is how to change your brain using uh, empowering questions. And then the second epiphany that I had also in that year was uh, uh, something that I discovered called success anorexia, which is why so many smart, creative, talented people hold themselves back from the level of success that they're perfectly capable of. And it wasn't being taught properly in the traditional success literature that was out there. So at that time, I wrote my first book. Uh, it was entitled Permission to Succeed. When I say my, I wrote my book, I literally sat down at my Apple computer and um, I just sort of downloaded it from, from the universe. I just It was just like very much of an organic experience. And um, I literally didn't know what to do and I didn't have any money. Uh, remember this was 1997 long before Kindle and all the print-on-demand stuff that of course you know you teach your clients and that we all know today none of that of course was around back then and so I literally and I didn't have any money so I just went down to the local print shop copy store and I said how do you print a book and they said well you can do it like this, this and since I go well I don't have any money they go well you can do it with it's tape bound and I said What's that? They said, bound with a piece of tape, tape bound. (laughs) I said, okay. So I just printed up like, I don't know, 50 books or whatever, whatever I could afford. And then I started going around to local bookstores. And yes, that is in the days when there were still bookstores around. And they, I guess, took pity on me because it was the ugliest book you've ever seen. And um, because I didn't know anything about covers or anything like that. But anyway, long story short, I you know, was selling books, and I put up the ugliest website. So now I've got the ugliest website you've ever seen, the ugliest book you've ever seen. But people were buying it, and, and they were loving it. They just got amazing results. And then I happened to meet uh, a man named Jack Canfield. Of course we all know and love Jack Canfield. This was 10 years before The Secret, but of course he was still very well known for chicken soup for the soul. He was winning an award at a uh, a college and I happened to be 10 minutes from that from that school and I knew somebody there. So uh, I was introduced to Jack Canfield and he was very gracious, great, you know, great amazing man and he looked at my book Remember, this is the ugliest book you've ever seen. But he just really liked it. He says, yeah, this looks great. I'll send it to my publisher. And eight weeks later, I got a contract from the Chicken Soup for the Soul publisher. They said, we want to publish your book. So that's that's really how it all
0: started. Wow, that's amazing to get a contact like that and to get into success uh, right off the bat. What has the book done for you professionally? How has the book helped you?
1: Well, the first book... I did everything wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally did everything wrong because of course, as, as we know in business or marketing, one of the biggest problems that will you know, hurt you and cost you is you don't know what you don't know. And that was the thing for me. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And of course, here, here, was my, here was my timeline. Here's how I thought it worked, Dan. I said, well, let's see, my book will come out in week one. I'll be on Oprah week two, and I'll be a millionaire in week three. <laughs> that was my business plan right there. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, that doesn't work that way. Didn't, and it didn't work for me because <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> Believe me, that did not happen by any stretch. Um, I, You know what? I, I just had absolutely no idea what to do. and so um, I, But I'm like, this message needs to be heard. I knew it was a message that you know, if it affected me that deeply, I knew there were lots of millions of people like me out there who were unknowingly, unwittingly, unconsciously stopping themselves from the level of success they were capable of. So, you know, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson had a great quote that I love. He said, what is most personal is most universal. Mm -hmm. So it's very personal to me, but I knew it was universal to the world. And so, you know, so I'm like, what do I do now? I have this book and I'm like, what do I do? You know, so the point of what I'm getting at, or one of the points is I did everything backwards. I did everything wrong because you're supposed to have what, what publishers now today call a platform, mm-hmm. which I know, you, of course, you teach your clients that as well, um, develop a platform. And I, and I work with my coaching clients on that, too, is helping them develop a platform. Well, what is a platform? Well, a platform is how you reach people. I didn't have a plat. I didn't know what a platform was, never heard of it. You know, I thought a platform was something you do- dove off of. You know, I don't know what a platform is. So anyway, I was literally just running around and, you know, trying to do all these bookstores. Again, this is when there were bookstores, book, stores, book yeah. signings and it, but it was a total failure. I mean, I would sell, you know, one or two or three books at a time. It was just awful. And of course, nobody knew who I was. So um, it was it was really, really hard. It was really awful and um, just very, very frustrating that first those first several years was just was I, I would cry myself to sleep a lot every night and i because i'm like i've got this message and i would say to god god you gave me this message but you didn't tell me what to do to get it out there you know so that's when i started realizing well i've got to invest in myself i've got to invest in and in, you know coaching or you know uh, i've got to figure out how to do marketing because i didn't know anything about marketing i was uh you know i'd done all these different jobs and you know i was a, i was a janitor i was uh Housekeeper. I was a secretary. I even uh, at one time I was a professional ballet dancer. So everything that you can do to not make money—that's what I did. <laughs> and so I had absolutely no idea what to do. Anyway, so long story short, I—you I, know—as money would come in, you know, every, every little you know penny that would come in, I just reinvested back in my own education. I would just you know okay what do I do how do I get my word out and it was just a long long process and in fact that's where I met you because of course I was looking uh, at you know PR things and and how to get your message out and that's how I first heard about Dan Janelle and PR leads and that's why we've known each other for this long you know well almost 20 years I guess and so um you know that that was what it was it was just a long long period for me of of self-learning self-education and now of course that I'm doing better Uh, you know but it's still continuous education is still so so important and of course that's you know you and I both agree on that
0: that's so important so what turned it around for you how did the book go to making money for you well, Permission to
1: Succeed never really turned around. It wasn't mm-hmm. until my later books that really I started to figure it out. So Permission to Succeed, those of you who have either heard of it or have it. In fact, I've had people at my seminars. Uh, we have you know these two day seminars called Freedom Lifestyle Experience. And I've had actually had people come up to me with that original, original book. I mean, there were only maybe, maybe a thousand copies of that sold. I don't, I don't have the actual numbers, but, I mean, I've had people with that ugly book and say, no, this book changed my life more than 20 years ago, which is incredible. And, of course, for everyone listening, you know, you know that one of the big reasons, or if not the reason that you do this, is to change lives, is to have an impact, is to transform people all around the world. So when people come up to me with that, it's really amazing and it's, you know, touching. Uh, so really, it didn't turn around. That book never really became very successful.
0: Uh, so but yet you still decided to write more books. Oh, yeah. Why?
1: Well, I'm a nerd, (laughs) Dan. I just, I freaking love books. And, you know, there's plenty of people out there that say, yeah, you can't make any money in books and books are dead or or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know, uh, I get their argument. I understand what they're saying. And, you know, hey, everybody knows a book is, what, $20. Are you going to get rich selling books? Not really, not unless your name's Stephen King or John Grisham or J.K. Rowling. I mean, you don't really get rich from selling books. But what I didn't know back then and what I have learned in the intervening years is, okay, well, what else would people want from me? And for your everybody, you know, what do people want from you? Well, they want help. They want, you know, transformation. And so I realized, again, this took me years to realize that a book isn't enough. You know, a book is a great, great starting point. But I have to have more than the book. So, the book for me still, and I mean, I'm like you just said, I mean, you know, my my new book is coming out later, and I've got, you know, books out. I just like books. I love them. I freaking love books because I I grew up in the library. And for me, they were a way to escape from that life of poverty and fear and not enoughness.
0: So I just love books. So am I weird? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Tell us a little bit more about how you built your platform. Okay. So the platform is is so, so
1: important. So one of the things I did right, I didn't do much right in those years, but uh, one of the things I did do right was I started to collect emails, you know, collect emails to to build my email list. And so to me, you know, of course, nowadays, I mean, if we fast forward, uh, you know, to now, of course, we have all the social media platforms and everything like that. You know, here's how I look at it, and I I don't think I'm alone in this, is that you look at it the way that I see it is rent versus buy, or I should say rent versus own, right? So if you're on, let's say you're on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, social media, LinkedIn, whatever, they're all great, they're all wonderful, but you're renting space there, right? You don't own Facebook. Your name probably, if not Mark Zuckerberg, your name probably don't own Facebook, you probably don't own LinkedIn, right? So you're renting space. Of course, it's free. Why? Because we're the product, right? Every one of us, the 2 billion people on Facebook, we are the product. That's why it's free, right? And that's why we get ads shown to us. So you're renting space. But guess what? When you rent, what happens? I'll give you a quick example of what I'm saying, a quick story. Um, my parents, you know, I told you were, you know, poor and struggling and, you know, so we always rented. They could never afford to own a home. So I remember one day, I'll never forget this. One day I uh, was getting ready for school in the morning and I came downstairs and my mom was crying in the kitchen. And I said, what's wrong, mom? And she said, we just got kicked out of this house. And I said, what do you mean we got kicked out of the house? You know, I didn't understand about rent, you know, as a kid I mean, in high school. She said, well, you know, we're renting this home, and the landlord just said that we have 30 days and we have to move out. Now, that was very devastating for a, our family, and anybody that's been through that knows that, you know, it's really heartrending. And so I, I never forgot that. And I'm like, okay, but see, that's what it's like on Facebook, Instagram. They're all wonderful, but you can get kicked off at any time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't. If you do something that you know, Facebook says is not okay, then they can kick you off.
0: Or even now, Facebook only shows a small portion of a your content to people who content. actually do follow you and That's want right. to see your content.
1: Tiny, tiny. Less than 6% is the numbers mm-hmm. that I've seen so the point again is that you have to own your platform so again for for most of us you know that's an email list certainly um you know facebook is has these different bots and uh, you know messenger and all that that's all fine and, and i do it and i recommend it but you know what it's really all about your list what you control and and that's what i've been doing since Well, pretty much since 1998 or 9, you know, when I really started figuring. Of course, it was a tiny, tiny list at the beginning, but, you know, it grew over time. The point is, you always have to be giving value to your target market, and you just got to be making sure that you are always relevant to them. What are their needs, wants, fears, frustrations, desires? You're always talking to them and feeding those and helping them, you know, and then, of course, you make offers and that's why that's how you can leverage your book to To, to, you know, not only make more money, but transform more lives.
0: Right. In my seminars, I always teach people that the only reason someone reads a book is to solve a problem. And in your case, it's the transformational problem, how to become a better person, how to overcome other beliefs and such like that. So you have so much content. And one of the questions that I always get asked on my Ask Me Anything calls, which I do once a month, is I have so much content. How do I decide what to write about?
1: right absolutely well so like for example at my freedom lifestyle experience at our events you know it's a two-day event and it, what the, the one the reason i started doing this is exactly what you just said because people just kept asking me these same questions over and over how do i you know but but see what what makes my events different what makes my coaching and teaching different is that i teach on inner game and outer game now what i mean by that is inner game is everything that happens between your ears that you can't see directly but you it affects everything that you do so one of the things i ask my audiences like when i'm speaking at keynote speeches or at my events i say tell me one area of your life where your beliefs don't affect you and of course everybody kind of looks, looks around like uh and then i say exactly there's no place your beliefs don't affect you right your health your finances your family life your social life everything right? your beliefs affect everything you do so we got to fix that part that's why you know the first day is all about inner game mastery then the second day is outer game mastery which is because people kept asking me, "No, I, how do I build my sales funnels? How do I do digital marketing? How, what's a lead magnet?" You know, all these same questions over and over. So we now we solve that on day two, and that's why we call it the Freedom Lifestyle Experience because you're literally this is how to live. You know, what I call what we call it, my company a freedom lifestyle meaning that's where you have the time the energy relationships and money so that you can do the things you want to do you can have that impact and you can transform lives so you've got to be thinking about so let's just say you're in the golf market right this is an easy example right golf right well what, what is you know what can you talk about with golf well uh, how to put the ball straight and so you can lower your score how to hit a drive further and straighter and so you're not always hitting out of the rough I mean that's the thing I mean there there are so many things that you can do but you've got to always put yourself see I obsess about my customers I just I'm literally (laughs) that's why I have I love it when people come up to me you know at my keynote speeches or at my events and they say Noah how did you know so much about me how how did you know all this it's like you've been following me around it's like you've been reading my mail I've literally had people say that how'd you get my mail how'd you get my diary I've had people say and I realize it's because I'm always thinking about you not you specifically you know but all you know all of my people I'm always thinking about them and their their pains their desires their needs for so for me I mean The content is everything because inner game mastery for me, you know, I'm like, okay, well, your beliefs, your habits, all you know, mindset and all those things that are inner game. But then I also want to talk to you about outer game. I also want to talk about, you know, digital marketing and and all of these things. One of the things I love to say is that, see, the problem with the other marketers that are marketing trainers that they're doing is they forget that most people just don't believe in themselves. Most people don't think they can do it. So they're saying, hey, here's all this great marketing. They're shoving marketing down your throat. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. We all have to do marketing. If you're in business, you have to do marketing. But guess what? Most people don't think they can do it in the first place. Uh-huh. So guess what? On page one, they're already done. So I go, we start on page zero, which is you're a human being. You're not a Vulcan and you're not an android from Star Trek. You know, If we were talking about the Vulcans and Androids, we'd have no problem. But we're talking to humans who go, oh, I probably can't do it. Oh, what if people don't listen to me? What if people make fun of me? That's what I call your head trash. So I've written all these books about how to get rid of your head trash, and that's how it works.
0: So I'm sure a lot of people are shaking their heads right now and saying, you know, I feel that same way about when I sit down to write a book. I know I want a book. I know a book can help me, but I don't think I can do it. What would you tell those people? How well, can they get out of their own heads?
1: It's funny. So it's a great question. And it, it, I just, just to share a little behind the scenes, it's so funny because when I started coaching people, you know, when I started pe- having people at my live events and my platinum coaching, that was the first thing they would say to me and I go what are you talking about you you know they say well I don't think anybody would listen to me or why should they listen to me and and I'm going what and after a while I realized I always had the exact opposite problem of that my problem always: Why isn't everybody listening to me? <laughs> what is wrong with everybody? Why aren't they listening? You know. So I'm like, I had to go. Whoa! That that was totally different than most people. Which is what you know what I just said. Which is I don't think I can do it. So I had to really get into that and go. Oh yeah. Now what would happen if I thought that? Well, I would go, hmm, all right, I have to get over that first of all. Well, how do you get over that? Well, first of all, you have to say, well, what's the purpose of your message? See, one of the big mistakes everybody makes, Dan, and I know you've seen this, is everybody wants to tell their life story. And you know what? I'm so sorry, and I mean this with love. We don't care. We don't care about your life story. You don't care about my life story. I don't care about your life story. And I mean that with love. Why don't I care? Because you, everybody listening to this program, you care about what? One thing. Yourself. Your family, mm-hmm. your community. That's what you should care about. You should care about yourself and your family and their needs and wants. So the point is we're all the same. And that's all we have to remember. But, see, nobody does. Nobody remembers that. Everybody's all about me, 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 me. If you can just turn that around to, well, what's what am I trying to get at to help that other person or this other community? Again, golfers or yoga enthusiasts or you know, uh, married people, you know, entrepreneurs, whatever, you know, whatever your niche is, if you're constantly thinking about them and stop thinking about you, and that's why, you know, I shared just a tiny little bit of my story earlier, but I did it for a reason, so that you know that, you know, I'm not some guy that this was just handed to. I mean, I've been working and working and working for many, many years at this, mostly with no help, and it's been really awful most of the time. So the point is, once you get some help and you get some coaching, you get some mentoring, then it becomes a heck of a lot easier and that's mm-hmm. that's to me the message and that's what I think if people just remember that oh it's not about me it's about them and then then you just don't even have that problem that's how I see it
0: exactly when I work with my clients and they have their memoirs or their personal stories which they want to tell but I always say what is the point of the story right. so we use the Dale Carnegie formula the magic formula like tell the story but the, you end it with so what this means to you is and that way people can see themselves in your story and get a takeaway that they can use and say i'm glad i read that story i'll remember that story forever That's and right. it reinforces yeah. this belief or this message and you a lot it. of business books are written that way especially books i write with ceos who want to leave their their 10 most important points about leadership or about management or about their legacy right. it's always their company stories of here's how i say the company and did this and what this means for you is right. and then people say okay now i get it oh. now it's important you cool got it. Very cool. Um, Noah, let's, as we wrap this up, what is one writing tip that helps you write fast and succinctly?
1: I, I'll just go back to what I said earlier, Dan. It's always about them. It's never about me. And okay. I'll I, I, a quick story about that. It, I, I have a book out called um, The Secret Code of Success. That was published by HarperCollins. That was my first six-figure book deal, which I was really amazed and very mm-hmm. excited about um, and the first figure was not a one I'm all like "Hey!" Yeah. so it was very very exciting and in that book um, I really didn't talk about me that much because I never ever wanted this to be about me well then my next book after that was a book called The Book of Formations*, which is published by Hay House of course we all mm-hmm. know Hay House and I mean I wanted to be a Hay House author from the time I I mean in the 90s when I was reading Louise Hay books so I mean that was one of my dreams so literally I had two dreams come true it was very very exciting well in that book Reed Tracy, who is the CEO of Hay House, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy, uh, he said, Noah, we need to have your story in here. I said, Why? He goes, Because people want to know your story. I'm like, No, they don't. And he said, No, they do. Yes, Noah, you've got to put your story in here. Because, I mean, I just, you know, we'd be over dinner or lunch or whatever, and I'd be, you know, sharing stories like I just shared with you. And that's when he said, no, no, you've got to share your story. And I'm like, but I don't want it to be about me. He goes, no, it's not about you, but they've got to be able to understand that, you know, you, like I was sharing, you know, you didn't come from a silver spoon in your mouth or whatever. And they have to understand your struggles and what you've been through. I'm like, really? Would anybody care? And then, of course, now everybody comes up to me and says, no, wow, your story really changed my life. So that, that, you know, the tip for me is always make it about them but you know you are the person saying it you're the vehicle you're the transformer if you will and so but but do make it about here's what this means for you
0: exactly when I work with my clients they say the exact same thing because they don't want to appear egotistical or they have this false belief that talking about themselves would make them appear high and mighty but in reality we get to know, like, and trust people that way. In fact, one of my clients who I worked with said exactly the same thing. I don't tell stories. I don't know how to tell a story. Stories are not me. Um, but we, I said, I used the Tony Robbins technique, and I said, but if you could tell a story, what story would you tell? <laughs> and then he told a story about how when, when he was the head of publicity for Scholastic Books and his boss said, hey, we just bought the rights to these uh, these books in England. They're selling really, really well, and we have to do this media tour, uh, and you have to, like, train your people to do this media tour for this woman named J.K. Rowling and this Harry Potter thing. Now, he could have taken that for himself. He could have said, this is going to be big. I can make my career off this. But instead, he mentored one of his protégés, and she went around the country with J.K. Rowling, and now is J.K. Rowling's best friend and runs one of her foundations. And you can see that Alan is a very caring, giving mentor who is just a wonderful person because of this story. Well, that sort of became the foreword to his book. And now we can take all of his other rest of the book, which is more scientific, a little duller, a little drier, because it needed stories. And as his developmental editor, I said, you need more stories. That's why we got onto this. And it turns out that was the linchpin to turn his book from being like a dry tone to, be, to being like a big business card where it says, I want to work with this guy because he's so giving and caring. Noah, as we wrap up, why don't you tell us a little bit about your current book, and I know you've mentioned your, your workshops and your seminars. Why don't you tell us how uh, we can learn more about those?
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, my most recent book is called Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money. And uh, that's where I teach you about how to master your inner game, like I was talking about earlier, so you can literally get rid of the head trash that's holding you back, those voices in your head that say, well, who's going to listen to me? Or "Why I'm not not good enough or whatever it might be. You can go to sendmeabooknoah.com. Very easy to remember. Sendmeabooknoah.com. And uh, that book is free. I've actually, because you're listening to this program, the book is free. And we just ask you to cover uh, shipping costs. So sendmeabooknoah.com. And, again, the name of the book is Get Rid of Your Head Trash About Money. And for my life events for a Freedom Lifestyle experience at 2-Day Transformational Summit where I teach you how to master your inner game and your outer game, just go to FreedomLifeX.com, so Freedom Life, L-I-F-E, and then the letter X.com forward slash Dan. So you're going to get a special deal because you're listening to this program right now. So FreedomLifeX.com forward slash Dan, D-A-N, and uh, of course that way I'll know that you heard it on this program, so make sure you check it out.
0: Thank you, Noah. That's a very generous offer. And if you weren't writing that down or couldn't write down fast enough, that's okay. We'll have that information in our show notes along with links back to Noah's website and his other books as well. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.